Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy, publisher of hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Arkansas and Rice is almost here. We're obviously going to take a deep dive into this game, hit it from just about every angle. Curtis Wilkerson and Keith Grayson is going to join us. We're going to take your questions, as always, all that more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I've got to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page, then do so. If you haven't followed us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to that channel. Also, hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review, especially important right now as football season is gearing up. Helps boost our channel up there. So throw us that review. Say something nice about the show if you like it. And share the content with some other people that you think might like it. Maybe you got a dad or a granddad or something like that um, that doesn't know how to access the show show them how to do it also available on spotify stitcher anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast it's here guys i mean right around the corner arkansas and rice it's a little nervous you're a little nervous because you don't know fully what to expect in this one i mean you think you got a good team but you never know looking at the roster arkansas has got the better team top to bottom all the way across the board there's no reason that arkansas should lose this game but they don't play the game on paper there was no reason Rice should have beat Marshall last year, but they beat him 20 to nothing. So this is the 68th meeting between the two teams. It's the first meeting between them since 1991, nearly 30 years ago, when Arkansas beat him 20 to nothing in Little Rock. Ah, another 20 to nothing. They've not played a game in Fayetteville since falling to the Razorbacks 45 to 14 back in 1986. Arkansas has won 10 of the last 11 meetings, but again, they haven't faced in 30 years. And Rice, this time around, is expected to use a two-quarterback system, and they're not going to name a starter. My personal opinion, I think they're probably making a mistake going with the fourth-year guy and Wiley Green combined with Luke McCaffrey. Both those guys are going to play, but I don't know. Luke McCaffrey seems like the guy who could be the difference maker for you. He seems like the guy that – you know, brings legs to the table. He, he put up some rushing yards for Nebraska before he transferred to Rice. Wiley Green's a fourth-year guy. He's a 52% passer. Uh, started in 2019, was unseated last year, I guess, but started in 2019 at 52%. Doesn't bring the legs to the table. To me, if you're going to be a 52% passer, you need to be able to be like an elite runner. Anyway. I'm not going to tell him what to do, but I think it's probably a mistake. He, ran, he McCaffrey ran 65 times for 364 yards and three touchdowns last year for Nebraska. 48 to 76 for 466 yards passing and a touchdown. He threw some interceptions. 
you know, looking at this Rice roster, they're not real big. I'm not just blown away with their skill guys, but why would I be? They're a Conference USA team. So on paper, they're not going to be just like blow you away. This is the earliest the two schools have met during a season. It's usually played in November back when it was being played a lot. Arkansas is 35, 29, and 3. Is that right? That's not a that's not a distinct advantage. 21 and 12 when hosting the Owls. 12 and 9 in Fayetteville, 9 and 3 in Little Rock. That's not that's not impressive. <laughs> you would think that they would have a better record. I mean, it's a it's a winning record in the series, but how is that right? This is from the UA uh, Athletic – no, this is from Rice Athletic Communications. So, Arkansas won 10 of the last 11 games and still only 35, 29, and 3. Interesting, isn't it? All right, how to watch. This has been confusing to people, and it's ESPN's fault. Okay, this is why you're confused. I just want to say this clearly. You do not need an ESPN Plus subscription. Okay, what is ESPN Plus? ESPN Plus is like a side extra part of the ESPN app. Okay, what this game means, this game is on SEC Network Plus. Okay, what that means is there's not a channel. There's not a channel on your TV guide for SEC Network Plus. It only means it's being streamed either on the ESPN app or on ESPN.com. Okay, and ESPN.com. It's on both. So that's what that means. SEC Network Plus is not the same as ESPN Plus. If you have a regular cable subscription or YouTube TV, Cox, Comcast, DirecTV, any of those types of things, okay, you can use those login credentials on the ESPN app and, you know, view all their programming there. That's, that's where you're going to find – just go to, like, browse – when you go to the ESPN app and you're logged in, just go to browse football and you'll see all the football games, including the Arkansas game. There's no, like, SEC, SEC Network Plus app or anything like that, okay? It's confusing. I don't know why ESPN does it. And it, there's so many different, like, SEC Network alternate channel. That means on your TV guide, like, when you're scrolling through, there will be an SEC Network alternate channel underneath the SEC Network channel. It means it's being streamed and it's being shown on your regular television provider. SEC Network Plus does not mean that, okay? It just means it's being streamed. You do not need an extra subscription. If you have access to ESPN, you have access to this game, okay? I hope that clears up everything for everybody. Do not – you know I mean? I don't know if ESPN does this on purpose or something, but, like, Get rid of the plus stuff if you're if it's confusing to people. Why not call it SEC Network Stream? SEC Network Stream. Simple. Latest injury report. Sam Pittman, you know, divulged quite a bit. I would expect him to divulge less as <laughs> as the season progresses, but uh, it's not looking good on Traylon Burks. Uh, he wasn't at practice, I guess, Tuesday. We don't know on Wednesday. I think they're going to rest him. You know, we've said before, like, they're not – they shouldn't need Traylon Burks to play in this game to beat Rice. And if you don't need him, then rest him. Get him ready 100%. Don't limp him into the season because you wanted to play him against Rice. So, only if he's 100% ready to go, no further risk of further injury, any of that stuff. Uh, I would say John Ridgway most likely not going to play. Almost 100% certain not going to play. 
JT Towers hasn't been out there. Blake Kern has been in green. Jalen Catalan's been in green, although Sam Pittman says he'll be 100% ready to go. I think Jalen Catalan, just a precautionary deal just to make sure they get him to the season. It doesn't sound like Miles Slusher will be ready. Zach Zymus has been in green. Jermaine Hamilton-Jordan in green. Kevin Compton in green. Hayden Henry was sick. We noticed on Tuesday's practice, he was dressed out. They were in full pads Tuesday and Monday. But we noticed in Tuesday's practice that Hayden – uh, wasn't going through drills. Dressed out, but wasn't going through drills, and he was just sick. He's going to be fine. Aaron Outley is going to rejoin the program. Looks like very soon. You know, he had the torn ACL, wasn't in great shape. They feel like he's ready to come out and at least help scout team stuff. And Arkansas is currently 91% fully vaccinated on the players, 100% on the staff, and they should be at 93% pretty soon on the players. They have some that are almost – what would be considered fully vaccinated. They had like 30 of them get vaccinated once they told them that they would forfeit games and not reschedule them, which is a big deal for college football, having to forfeit games because you have to quarantine just because you stood next to somebody who has COVID. Not, not showing symptoms, but just standing next to everybody. We all know the rules by now. Several freshmen set to debut. This is a nice article by Kurt Wilkerson. Cam Little, obviously, is expected to start at kicker. We're going to see Keetron Jackson maybe right out of the gate. Maybe Bryce Stevens also at wide receiver. Going to see A.J. Green. Going to see Raheem Sanders. Jaden Johnson, possibly, at safety, especially with Miles Slusher, expected to be out. And that could be it. I think that's probably a good sign. Now, Pittman will play him early. He likes to play early, see if they can help him. And then maybe back off. You you want to you want to preserve the four game red shirts if if it's a possibility. But it sounds like most of these guys are going to be expected to play a good bit. Chris Paul could also play linebacker. This story that I'm about to talk about brought a lot of um, anger, disappointment, irk. I don't know. It's kind of funny because it's 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 that old deal where like. A lot of people with K.J. Jefferson have, you know, almost like expect him to fail, like ready to move on to the next guy. And that's just the way football nature is, I guess is a way to say it. You're always looking for the next quarterback. If this guy's good but he's not great, well, we don't need to find somebody who's great. The next Heisman Trophy winner is always going to be that next guy. You've got to give him a shot, right? So K.J. hasn't even really had a shot yet, and people are already like that. But – but – 24-7 Sports comes out with a list ranking the SEC's top 14 quarterbacks, the starters, ranking the starters for each team. And they have K.J. Jefferson 14, and it's outrage among Arkansas fans. Because I can make fun of my kids. You can't. I can make fun of Arkansas. You can't, but I can. And that's the same thing that's going on here with K.J. Jefferson. Rank 14th. I, I, I would be surprised. And, and really, like when you look at the whole thing, Ken Seals at Vanderbilt's 13, Luke Doty at uh, South Carolina's 12, what, what, Will Rogers at Mississippi State's 11, what business, why, why would they be ranked ahead? Joe Milton at Tennessee, what does he, he transfer from Michigan? Will Le- Levis from Kentucky, Levis, Levis. I mean, Connor Bazelak at Missouri is probably the one guy that has 
you know, warrants being there. Bo Nix is just based on reputation. He hasn't done – he hasn't been the savior, the five-star recruit legacy that was supposed to come into Auburn. He's at seven. You may say, why is he at seven? But, I mean, when you look at the next guys, who are you going to put – who are you going to – you know, the guys I mentioned, who are you putting above? And these next guys, Haynes King, he hasn't he hasn't started. I think he's got a lot of potential for Texas A&M. Emory Jones, Florida, same deal. Max Johnson, LSU, he's just there because Miles Brennan got hurt. Bryce Young at Alabama, he hasn't done anything, but he's the Alabama quarterback. Matt Corral at Ole Miss, we saw him throw six interceptions against Arkansas. But he's a lot of people's pick to be preseason All-ACC – well, he is preseason All-ACC first team. JT Daniels at Georgia, number one. Maybe I would agree with that one. Maybe I would agree with one, too. But so much unknown. This list will look dramatically different. In fact, there will be some players who on this list who won't be on this list in a few weeks because they won't be starting anymore. I don't think that's going to happen at Arkansas, but they will have a package for Malik Hornsby. Malik Hornsby and K.J. Jefferson both picked it up in the uh, accuracy department, especially it sounds like Malik has because he was kind of erratic, and Sam Pittman has talked about they would have a different package for him, you know, more use his running ability because he is so explosive. But now, if you know, it kind of acts like well, maybe we will throw him a little bit more. So I think we'll see him. I don't know if it's like coming in and getting a series, but the deal is – like, Rice is going to try to slow them down. They're going to roll two tight ends out there. They're going to huddle. They're going to line up under center. They're going to be audible. They're going to take the play clock down and try to slowly – not try to – I mean, they'd love to score fast, but they want to just move the ball down the field methodically, end up in the end zone, obviously, but they want to keep Arkansas off the field. And Sam Pittman has mentioned with the Georgia Tech game in 2017 that they only had three possessions. It's not quite accurate, but it's pretty close. Because Georgia Tech runs that flex bone, you know, they're this is the way they run the offense. And uh, Georgia it was up 17-7 at halftime. But it was because they had touchdown, punt, touchdown. And then their last possession was like 48 seconds long. It was a hurry up to get down there and kick a field goal. So it wasn't like they had a full four possessions, really. They had, you know, kind of three and a quarter, I guess, of what they would normally have. But um, that just goes to show you, like, okay, so – Coaches are going to say, well, we need to get Malik in here. Okay, so so you only have four possessions in the first half. That's that's only three possessions for KJ. Is that what you want to do? So a lot could depend on how the flow of the game goes. Arkansas needs to jump out on these guys early, I would think, mess, mess up their game plan to where they're thinking, okay, we got to hurry things up and we're going to get back in this game, and then you could see things really open up. Otherwise, I think it'll be a pretty steady, you know. I, I pick, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you what I picked. This will come out tomorrow. But, well, I, I did my full season prediction. I saw no reason to change it. But I went 41-21 Arkansas. I know it's going out on a limb of that 19-and-a-half-point spread, right? But 41-21 Arkansas. And I'll tell you what I didn't know when I picked that is that if you go back over the last decade, Arkansas has played eight teams who were uh, non-Power 5 opponents in the opener. And the average score of those games was 41-15. to Just saying, 41-15, average score of those games. We did our full game-by-game -game predictions. I'll go ahead and tell you. Everybody knows I went 6-6. Six and six. We've already talked about that on the last show. Danny West, Curtis Wilkerson, and Andrew Ellis all went 7-5. and five. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. But we already talked about that, so I'm not going to rehash it. I am going to get to Curtis Wilkerson now, though. So for those of you, I hate when I leave that up there. I've left it up the whole time. How to watch. All right, let's get that out of here. All right, Curtis Wilkerson is going to join us. We're going to talk about some things that he broke down. He really went in depth about the Rice defense. I'm going to talk about the Rice offense in a little bit, but we kind of assign those responsibilities throughout the week. So we're going to talk to him about that, maybe jump into a little bit of basketball stuff too. Hey, Trey. Curtis, my man, how's it going? Good, going real good. You ready for some football? I'm ready for some football. It, you know, it's it's a little bit different with, with Sam Pittman doing his press conference on Wednesdays this year. I, I feel like it's Friday. I got I got a whole other day to wait. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I know. I felt I felt a day – I feel like it's Friday too, and I felt like a day off all week. Um, and, it, you know, part of Pittman, his schedule is a little bit different than, you know, what Chad Boris did also. They would take actually take Monday off. They would practice Sunday, take Monday off. Pittman takes Sunday right. off. Um, and then, you know, does the press conference on Wednesday, which actually Chad used to do, but last year Pittman did it on Thursday, which Pittman does the SEC teleconference. He does his radio show and meets with us via Zoom all on Monday. Or excuse me, all on, on Wednesday. So so uh, I was just telling everybody, you actually uh, focus a little bit more on the Rice defense, and I focus a little more on the Rice offense this week. And just wondering what, what you found digging into uh, to this defense. Yeah, you know, first games are always tough because really all you have is, you know, camp reports and what teams did last year to go off. It, you know, with Rice, it's I think it's even more tricky because they only played five games. It was all Conference USA, but, you know, man, just looking at the numbers defensively, it, you know, it's pretty impressive, and they got most of that group returning. So, uh, you know, they are replacing a stud there at linebacker in and, and Blaze Aldridge, who's – I think he's at Mizzou now, so we'll see him a little bit later. Uh, you know, replacing him with a guy like Myron Morrison, who primarily played – you know, he played special teams all last year. He didn't get a lot of defensive snaps. So it'll be interesting to see how he fills in there. Uh, you know, I – on paper, you you really like what they have on that defensive line, but they did lose probably their best one into Braylon Carroll to, mm-hmm. to injury in camp, and you know so they were able to slide in some experience. But now you know you, you take a look at it on that two deep, instead of having you know two three hundred pound guys there on that defensive front, you know, they've got a couple guys that are about KJ Jefferson size. So uh, you know they're they're healthy now in the secondary. They were really banged up last year. 
know, coach apparently likes their depth there. So I think they're going to come in confident, but, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, this Arkansas offensive line that's, you know, put on all this size and strength, they should be able to take control of this thing. Arkansas limits mistakes. You know, I think they're going to be just fine. Arkansas has a lot returning up front on that offensive line, and that's that's why, one reason I think they win this battle. And, I mean, Myron Cunningham has started three years. Dalton Wagner started three years. Ty Clary probably combined, I guess, has started three and a half years. Um, Ricky Stromberg is on his third year. Brady Latham is about to be a second-year starter. It's a it's a lot of – sorry, I think you wrote 101 career starts for a group that averages six foot six, 317 pounds. It's the biggest offensive right. line Arkansas has had since they were the biggest offensive line in all of college football. Uh, but they did allow 34 sacks last year, which is way too many. Part of that's probably because Felipe Franks held on to the ball a lot. But the trade-off sure. of that was a, a real positive, I think, in that uh, Felipe – did not throw a lot of interceptions at all last season uh, and had an extremely high completion percentage. And I, I just wonder with KJ, like, is he going to be able to, you know, match that protection and, and you know, completion percentage and also add something to the ground? If he does that, then, then Arkansas could be pretty solid this season. But um, I wanted to transition you over, Curtis, to another story you wrote because this is one of my favorite stories of the week, and I'm glad we have it back. You did this last year also. But it's five burning questions and the keys to victory. And the keys to victory are always kind of the same, so we'll just run through those real quick. But um, penalties obviously are huge, and that's something with Rice's offense where they – um, you know, they're going to try to limit penalties just by the way that they did. They were number one, you wrote, in, in Conference USA with just 3.4 penalties per game. Turnovers, always big. Special teams, injuries, and a fast start is your is your uh, bonus one. Uh, talk about the fast start a little bit. How important is that? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's obviously really important for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, one, just – and I, I heard you talking about it earlier, you know, the, the way that Rice likes to play and – you know, just kind of slow you down and grind it out methodically. Uh, you know, if Arkansas is able to get the ball and have some success offensively early, jump out, you know, to a, to a two-score lead or more, that kind of takes the ability for Rice to do that away. So, you know, it gets right. them out of their comfort zone a little bit uh, for one. And, you know, then just, you know, kind of backtracking the last year, you think about, you know, Arkansas getting off to some slow starts offensively. We saw a lot of those, you know, three and out, 48 second possessions there to, mm-hmm. to start games and that's been an emphasis and something that they want to improve on and then you look at the flip side with rice uh, and again you know this is against a you know a five game conference usa schedule but still you know, this is a rice defense in 2020 that allowed a grand total of zero points in the first quarter of their games last season so what was a little bit of a weakness for arkansas and, and a strength for rice you know, I, I think it would be really interesting to see how that plays out early on for sure curtis the worst thing that can happen in this game is for like rice to get the ball first to put together a long six seven eight minute drive arkansas goes out there for their offensive possession and goes three and out boom 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 real quick because they're hurrying up and then rice to come out and do the same thing again because that that gets your offense. That's something Brett Bielman used to talk when they ran more, you know, this kind of offense that Rice is going to run. Uh, how frustrating it can be to a team that's high tempo, expects to score a lot of points, and then suddenly the first quarter's gone and they've only been on the field once. 
Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent true. It's it's interesting on the on the razor's edge. Not too long ago, uh, somebody posed the question of you know if you if you win the coin toss, would you rather uh, receive or defer to the second half? And, and usually, I'm a guy that would yeah. like to defer, but not this in one. this game, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I might almost want the ball and just try to go down there and score because you're right. You know, if, if there's a long, you know, eight nine minute fourteen play rice drive. Uh, that'll suck a little bit of wind out of that stadium, and, you know, in what should be a nice crowd and a, and a charged up atmosphere for the first game. I want to tell everybody also. Well, we'll tell them this in a minute. I'm just going to tell them what to be prepared for as far as the sun coming down for a one o'clock game in September. But Oof. we'll get to, we'll get to that in a minute. But but basically, ultimately, anyway, uh, you know, we can talk about these uh, five keys to victory. But what it comes down to, and I say this all the time, is don't make a bunch of mistakes. You're going to make some, but when you do make them, don't make them huge, massive mistakes. And when your opponent makes a mistake, really make them pay. And that's the bottom line is what it comes down to all the time. I said it last week's show, people say all the time, well, they, we shot ourselves in the foot. But that's what football is all about is making mistakes and, make, and not making mistakes and making your, your opponent pay for them. Keys to victory. Um, we wrap that up. Let's go over to five burning questions. What's your burning questions, Curtis? Yeah, you know, it's – you look at kind of a, a season opener and, you know, in a lot of cases, it's a lot more about uh, what you're doing, right? Cause you, cause you don't really know yet what you're going to get in your opponent. You haven't seen him yet in, in this year's product. So, you know, I think a lot of eyes are obviously going to be on KJ Jefferson. Sure. He's got some experience. He's had a start before, uh, but this is his debut as a full-time starter. It's his first start at home. Uh, just going to be really interesting to see, you know, Sam Pittman has, has kind of referred to him as more of a gamer, uh, as opposed to a practice player, although he did say that he's been a lot better in the, in the accuracy department in practice recently. But I'm just I'm really curious to see, you know, where he's at from an accuracy standpoint. Uh, you know, now that he's able to use his legs without the play getting blown dead, you know, as soon as someone gets near him, like happens in, in practice and scrimmages, what kind of dynamic does that really add to the offense? You know, how does he command the huddle, uh, lead the team? You know, he's a captain and an unquestioned leader now. So a lot of eyes on him. Uh, obviously, you look over at receiver. You mentioned Traylon Burks. Is he going to play? Is he not? Probably not. But regardless, they need some guys to step up behind him. Uh, and who's that going to be? You know, I, I think it's going to be something that evolves over the course of the year. But you, know, you look at it, and, and Davion Warren and Tyson Morris get the first crack at it. They're the starters. Uh, but you know, is, is Trey Knox going to bounce back? You know, we all remember those first four games that he had. Is he going to be able to recapture that? Everyone's excited about Keytron Jackson, the freshman, and it just sounds like they have uh, so many options. But who's going to emerge from that pack? Uh, also looked at. You know, are they going to have more success establishing the run? And that's kind of a broad question, but really, uh, I think it covers a lot of different areas. We, we talked about that offensive line with with the continuity that they have and the size they put on. Well, how much improved are they? You know, and, and you have a Traylon Smith as your starter, been a little dinged up. How healthy is he? Is he a hundred percent? I know he's back at practice. Uh, you know, what's the freshman Rocket Sanders going to bring to the table? So these are all exciting things to look at. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we've heard so much throughout camp about the improvement on the defensive line. I want to see it, you know. So uh, you feel pretty good about the secondary and, and especially your starters at linebacker. they got to get after that quarterback. And so I'm, I'm really anxious to see if there's going to be some improvement in the pass rush. You, you hope there is against a, a team like Rice in the opener. Uh, you know, if you're going to have success down the line, 
mm-hmm. in an SEC schedule. And then obviously, as much as they run the ball, uh, Rice, you know, you got to win that battle in the trenches. And, you know, my final one here, are the Razorbacks ready to roll somebody? It's it's just interesting. It's it's unfamiliar territory here over the last few years for, for Arkansas to be a, a 19.5-point favorite on someone. Uh, and, and you look at it and you think, yeah, I, I feel like Arkansas could, could beat this team by three scores, no doubt. But, uh, man, it, I understand anyone who has some skepticism because we just haven't seen it in a while. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a new era, and I think they've turned the corner, but, but I want to see them do it, and hopefully that happens on Saturday. I feel like the last time I saw them really roll somebody, maybe it was like like just, you know – beat the crap out of somebody was I think Nichols they beat him like 73 to 7 or something that may have been the worst team I've ever seen uh come into Razorback <laughs> Stadium like literally I think it might have been but um all right Curtis anything else to add what's your prediction final score prediction for the game and we'll let you go uh my prediction I man I don't remember exactly what I put but you know I I I think I'm probably going to go obviously Arkansas I, I think they're going to be able to to handle that spread give me uh 38-17. 38-17, he's predicting the low score. 17. Is it a fast start or a slow start? You know, I, I hate to say this, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if it's a little slower than we'd like it to be. Mm. That's definitely I think they'll get it under wants. control, though. Yeah. Okay, Curtis, appreciate you, man. Yep, appreciate it. All right, everybody, that's Curtis Wilkerson. We didn't have time to get into much basketball discussion, but – you can read his latest basketball articles at hawgsports.com. I'm going to flip it over to Keith Grayson now. Uh, for those of you who don't follow Keith, he is our resident Razorback fan, provides some good comic relief for the show. He's been a member at hogsports.com for a number of years, so be like Keith and sign up at hogsports.com, hawgsports.com. He's the disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club, and uh, yeah, he just finds his way around, about to turn 40 years old. Got a happy birthday coming up. What's up, man? You got a birthday coming up, Keith. I just let everybody know you're about to be forty. I've been I've been claiming forty for a minute though. Like at thirty five I started saying that I was forty. <laughs> I tell but, people sometimes that I'm fifty and that way they say, Wow, you look really good for fifty, because nobody's saying I look really good for forty three. I do have a younger face, <laughs> but I I'm I'm breaking down a little bit. You know, I've been going to the chiropractor lately, so I've I've never done that before. You're probably into that hippie stuff. <laughs> But I like I like going to the chiropractor. I like going to the chiropractor and then going and getting a massage after that, which I haven't done since COVID hit. So I'm due. Yeah, man. I'm like I've grown two inches and I'm taller too. <laughs> Have you now? So Keith, you excited? Razorback football finally here. You think it's going to be everything you've been waiting for? I woke up yesterday um, like full of rage, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was like, oh, it's football season. Like. I get, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm probably a borderline LSU type fan, you know, like I don't paint my face for a game, but I, I stand up and scream like crazy the entire game. So I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this season more than anything in the past, um, for sure, because it's kind of like you've said, you know, you weren't going to pick the Razorbacks to win until they proved you wrong because they kept on proving you wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't pick them to win against a non-conference game or whatever. And not to dredge up former coaches or anything, I think now that they've proven that last year, like, hey, we can all get behind Sam Pittman. And, and if anybody had any doubts about him before, um, I certainly am a, one of his biggest supporters out there. But, <clears throat> um, you know, I just uh, – 
I think those days are over. So with these people saying like, oh, we got to, I don't know if I can really predict a win for Rice Owls, like shut the hell up with that. Th- those days are done. You know, th- I think we have, as a fan base, has, has this PTSD. Mm-hmm. But oh, absolutely. Watch Rice play. They suck. Like they, they, they were not, I mean, I know that they did something last year, but, and, and I think a lot of people are buying into the coach speak of, because Pittman knows that his message is filtered back to his team in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, of I, course, they're going to they're going to be ready. They're I feel the same way, this. Keith. I, I watch Rice on video, and I'm just like, these guys aren't big. They're not that fast. I'm just, I'm just not impressed. I mean, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in trouble with you know going down that road thinking that. But that's I feel the same way. Just looking at them, just like, I mean, what's what's to be scared of here? One thing that you've mentioned, too, is, you know, the middle linebacker on your football team should walk into the locker room, they close the door, and mm-hmm. if it's a fight, he's the only one that comes out, right? right? Or the first, not the first one that comes out, but he, he wins, right? He's the last what, guy coming out, yeah. He's the last the guy, only guy The only guy coming out, that's the expression. <laughs> what happens when that's your quarterback? What happens <laughs> if the baddest dude on your team is the quarterback? <laughs> You know what I also like about uh, KJ is uh, last night on the radio show, um, Grant and – who was it? Grant and – was it Jay? It was Grant and KJ. Grant and KJ. KJ, yeah, 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 KJ was on there. Uh, but uh, Grant was saying that he was uh, – that KJ was the funniest guy on the team in the locker room. So, I think that's a good quality to have. I've said it before, like, I hate robo-quarterbacks who are just, like, stoic in an interview and they – you know, they don't ever crack a smile. They say all the right things and stuff. I like a guy with a little bit of character. And um, it sounds like also from listening to KJ mic'd up that he um, he does fit the bill as a guy that's you know, likes to cut up a little bit and, and, you know, make people laugh. I think that's important to have at a quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what his, you know, what his running ability adds to the offense. And, you know, they're going to have some design quarterback runs. I, I think – with this game coming up, he could possibly because because you got to look at it from and these coaches have contingency plans upon contingency plans, but Traylon is not going to go, so that's going to limit. You know, they could bracket Davion Warren all game and try mm. to make us just say find somebody on the receiving core is going to beat you, so Keytron could step up. But I, I do wish that um, we knew a little bit more about the other skill guys because that, that's something that I've said also, Keith, like without Burks out there, it's a lot of inexperience. I mean, there's some talent. You feel good about guys like Keetron Jackson, but really there's Devion Warren at wide receiver. But who else has a whole lot of experience? I mean, Tyson Morris, I guess, but he hasn't like really impacted a whole, whole lot throughout his career. He's played and helped. but uh, And then at running back, it's, you know, it's, it's just Traylon Smith. And then a bunch of inexperience, but we all think Rocket Sanders is going to be, you know, the next great running back at Arkansas, and maybe AJ Green too. But um, there's some inexperience at the skill spots, also. Well, if you listen to any defensive coordinator worth their salt, they're saying like, "I can, I can stop you here. I'm going to load the box. If if you have, if you don't have the talent receiver, I'm just going to play middle field close, one high safety, and I'm going to, I'm going to gap you out and make sure that we have everything covered from a run support, you know." system or whatever mm-hmm. thought process and they're just going to load the box and say Traylon Smith is going to have to beat you right. so the leading rusher in this game could be KJ Jefferson because if they're running some quarterback counter and some quarterback power and, and getting that thing going and, and he's reading the end and they're crashing just trying to take everything away 
he could get loose. And we had that's what's different this year that we didn't have last year. Um, even though Felipe was a little bit, um, he was a sneaky runner. Mm. You're gonna, some, hey Keith, you gonna do uh, halftime videos this year from the shower? And I loved your I, I loved your I, one like a year ago against Georgia. Well, it wasn't a year; it was over a year ago because the season started late. But against Georgia at halftime. You had a. I wish I had that video. I was looking for it, but uh, you had a halftime update. I want Bama. Bring on Saban. I want Bama. <laughs> yeah, our football team that I, when I was coaching, they got a hold of that too, and so I heard that all year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm probably going to do that. It's. It's a little early here. You know, um, it'll be eleven. Mm-hmm. Kickoff, and my attorney is watching the game with me, so I may be a little more. I, I may have more clothes on. Um, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what kind of party it could be <laughs> if, we, if we get up uh, twenty-eight in the first quarter? I don't know. We may. Who knows? But um, and I also have, uh, you know, one of my buddies. His dad has a building named after him down there, and so he's going to be at the at the house too. So it may, it may be more of a refined um, watch party at the at the compound. Well, Keith, uh, anything else you want to add, and would you like to provide a score prediction? And um, yeah, what else? What else you got? What do you want to add to to your prediction on the game Saturday? Yeah, I just want to see us hold them under fourteen points. I think they averaged what twenty three or something last year. Rice did, um, and I, I think I fully expect us to shave our uh, point total down of what we're giving up on defense considerably, you know, a touchdown or better over the entire season this year. And and the big question is going to be the offense. I think that's, we only averaged 25 points a game last year. And um, a couple of those had a 10 and a three in there. So, um, you know, we got to, that's, that's the biggest question mark heading into the season. And, and honestly, and I don't mean this is anything negative for Kendall, but Kendall, Coach Bryles wants to be a head coach someday, so he needs to. This may be the season he needs to put up some numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they don't let their foot off the gas. And I'd, I'll probably say forty-five ten. Yeah, I hope Arkansas is one of those teams that never lets their foot off the gas. So you're saying forty-five to ten. So that's a pretty substantial. That's, I would say that's it a is. whipping. I, I think that a lot of people have bought too much into. You know they're they're going to slow down the game and all this stuff. They're not they're not playing UAB's front line. If mm-hmm. our line is what they are supposed to be, my, even minus Ridgeway, where you know we're going to have how many guys? Dorian Gerald, Trey Williams, and well, Ridgeway isn't Dorian playing, Carter. but there yeah. could be two Mark or three Lancey. of those guys in the league next year. Um, which is another thing that I always look at going into the season is how many NFL prospects are on this team for the next upcoming draft and it could be as many as seven yeah i think there's at um, least five, of, i think there's five pretty solid draft picks for sure and 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 some other guys that have a potential to to play themselves into it and, and a lot of that's because us, it's there you're looking at two senior classes here right right and there's been the most there's been as six and two classes um in the past 15 years so mm-hmm. there's talent there but one thing that everybody's going to be mentioning is I think the more I listen to a lot of these breakdowns of other teams is there's a very common thread is we have a lot of people coming back. We have depth at every position that yeah. we've never had before. Everybody's saying that it's mm-hmm. not just us. It's a little, it could be so, a little fool's gold. Absolutely. 
But I'm excited for the season to get here. I know you're trying to get me off the phone, but I just say, like, to everybody, and, and I know I live in Arizona. I'm going to make it out next week, and, and I won't be at this game. So it's, it's I'm not I, – I understand what I'm about to say is taken with a, a grain of salt. But um, everybody needs to find a way to get out and support this team because you've been locked away in your house for a year, not being able to do anything, or 18 months at this point with mass mandates and the stuff shutting down or whatever and all the political stuff that's been going on for the past however many two years or whatever like can we just enjoy sports mm-hmm. you know can you get out to the game without saying like oh it's is it going to be like a fully sunny day like is is there is the sun going to shine on the west side of the stadium at one o'clock just get get in a seat dude <laughs> you know yeah. i had six tickets that I paid some good coin for and I gave them away for free because I know those people will be there at the game screaming their face off. Mm-hmm. So I just encourage everybody to do the same thing because Pittman and our boys have been busting their ass, you know, and trying to get this thing together and we need to go out and support them in any way possible. Mm-hmm. So fill that thing up as much as possible and then we'll burn it down at Texas after we <laughs> win. I'll, all right, I can't Keith. wait. I, I know I'm not. I, I'm I'm so pumped for the season to start, but I'm also pumped to get back to town. My bride to be has never been to a college football game, so next week is going to be extremely intense. But I'll, I'll, I'm definitely pumped to wake up Saturday and yeah, well, I'm, I'm ready, man. Well, we're excited to see you, and uh, I look forward to see you when you come in town for Texas. And congratulations on the engagement, and congratulations on hitting the um, old age of youth at age 40 and we'll see you next weekend man yeah life is good let's beat the hell out of rice i'll see you later all right keith keith grayson there uh always provides some unique insight unfiltered at times he makes a good point though about the wet like it's going to be hot all right just embrace it that it's going to be hot get your sunblock if you're like i know I've, i've done this before like it's like row 36 down for a september early september game after three o'clock it's still going to be in the sun on the west side. Okay, the east side is just going to get hit. Um, you're going to everybody's going to get sun. North end zone, everybody. So bring some sunblock, bring a cap, be prepared, embrace it. I haven't looked at the weather. I don't even know. Even if you're like inside or like in a box or something, or I'll be in the press box. I will have sunblock on because I know that once the sun hits those bleachers on the east stands, it's going to reflect back. And I'm going to wonder why I'm so sunburned <laughs> because I had a hat on, but I didn't account for all this coming back at me. So don't forget about the bleachers reflecting the sun off and getting you also all over the place. Stay safe out there. All right. I always enjoy talking to Keith, the insight he provides. I want to uh, get to my last little section here. We talked about keys to victory. We broke down the uh, Rice defense. Uh, Danny West has a visit list that you can go to hogsports.com for uh, the next two weeks and and look at some of the recruits who are planning to come in town. Arkansas hadn't been able to host recruits before, so it's a big deal to be able to finally get recruits on campus for games. Man, that Texas game is going to be big, big for recruiting. Night game, Texas. Should get some real good recruits in there. That's what – That's what you know, it's also a 1 o'clock game, so you it it hinders you a little bit on bringing recruits in because – a lot of kids are coming in from, like, Texas. Dallas is five and a half hours away. How early do you have to get up to make it in time? You just played a game Friday night. You might have played an away game, a road game, travel back home, get home at 1 o'clock, go to sleep, wake up at the crack of dawn. No, before dawn. <laughs> wake up before dawn if you want to get here at any time and spend any time with the coaches. So, 
Is the Razorbacks ready for Rice's bully ball defense? Or excuse me, bully ball offense. Now, what I remember about Sam Pittman, the first time I heard somebody say bully ball was Sam Pittman on his introductory press conference talking about is Arkansas going to play bully ball. And he said, to play bully ball, you got to make sure you have bullies. Does Rice have bullies? I'm not 100% sure. Offensive line averages 6'3", 308 across the front. They got a 6'2 guy, 6'1 guy. They're short, stocky guys there. Um, experienced, obviously. Uh, the best-looking one of them probably um, maybe that right tackle, Javon Wolford, 6'5", 298. He was a team captain at Colgate in 2019. Started every game last season, only five games, but started them all last season. Um, I mean, they've got some experience up front on the offensive line, and that matters. I've talked about the quarterback situation. If it were me, I would probably say Luke McCaffrey. They – Mike Bloomgren knows more about what's going on with his team than I do, but just looking on it from the outside, like how can you add an extra dynamic to what you're trying to do on offense? And I would say adding a quarterback that can run the ball that scares you would would be a step in the right direction. But sounds like they're going to rotate guys around. Jordan Myers, 6'2", 216, running back, played tight end for him, in line, tight end, sniffer, did just about everything for him. Wide receiver. He scored the only rushing touchdown for Rice last year, though. 6'2", 216. They think he can do it all. They like him there. You're also going to get some, you know, Wiley Green can run okay, but he's nothing like McCaffrey. Javonte Johnson played for him last year, started last year for a good number of games, and um, actually led them to that victory over uh, Marshall, who was ranked, I think, 21st in the country at Marshall. But he hasn't really been mentioned much as being in the mix. Luke McCaffrey's Christian McCaffrey's brother, by the way. He was a four-star recruit, son of uh, Ed McCaffrey. Top receiving target, they say, is Jake Bailey, 5'10", 180. He had 23 receptions, 276 yards, two touchdowns, only five games last year. But uh, actually this Bradley Rosner guy, 6'5", he's a senior, 6'5", 204. He was hurt last year, but he had 55 catches for 770 yards and five touchdowns in 2019. So he's kind of a guy that we've glossed over, a lot of people have glossed over a little bit because they just look at last year's stat. But uh, Rosner might be a guy to watch, big, tall kid, 6'5". Uh, junior, junior August Petrie, uh, 6'2", 181. He only suited up for one game last year. He held in 17 for 144 and two touchdowns in nine games the year before. I'm not just blown away with these guys. And nor should – I mean, when you're watching SEC teams, you know, it's you don't want to say that because you don't want to, like, disrespect the opponent or overlook the opponent. And I guess I can do that because I'm media. But, uh, you know, I live in a world of <laughs> – where I think uh, my position watching a game has an impact on the outcome of the game and what happens, and like telling people not to move when something good happens, stuff like I do that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where my head is. I don't know why. I know it's not real, or is it? Do we really know anything? So that's my thoughts on on the Rice offense. I think that Arkansas has plenty on defense, especially this first game you know, being healthy and expecting to get some guys back, that they should be able to handle these guys uh, pretty well. Now, they're just going to be looking for first downs. Look for first downs, and, you know, if you pop a big one every once in a while, great. But I did see them run a, a fake punt against Marshall. They're not scared to do that. And it was a fourth and one fake punt, and they threw a bomb. Ended up getting a pass interference call, really late one. 
but uh, they'll pull out some of the, you know, some tricks here and there too. It's not just going to be, don't let them, you know, they'll lull you to sleep and then it's a play action tight end seam, you know, for 50 yards downfield. 2023 targets officially uh, uh, contacted by Arkansas. Danny West has a long running list of all the recruits who are reporting uh, interest from Arkansas. So that just happened on September 1st at 12.01 a.m. They were allowed to. I thought Brett Bielma had a good uh, tweet. He was, like, uh, telling the 2023 kids, like, hey, the NCAA says we can contact you tonight at 12.01. We're not going to do that. You should be asleep at 12.01, which I, I appreciate that from Brett. But at the same time, when he was at Arkansas, they offered too few players and they did it too late with too many players. And that really cost them in a lot of recruiting battles. They thought that it was more important to get a kid on campus and offer him a scholarship that means something versus offering them and half the kids out there cut you before you even have a chance to properly evaluate and offer them. So I get what Brett's saying, but also it, it was kind of funny to me because I did feel like he was late offering a lot of kids. And, um, you know, some of that stuff just doesn't, doesn't work these days. These kids are up. They're excited. And also I don't know that anybody wants to – you know, that's 16 years old wants an adult telling them when they should be going to sleep. <laughs> Congratulations to Brett Bielema, by the way. I was happy for him. Getting back into the groove, get you a win. All right. Did we cover everything? Did we talk about everything we needed to talk about? I think so. I want to get to your questions then. Before we get to your questions, one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Throw us a thumbs up. Interact with the video if you haven't done so already. Comment, share, all those things. We'd really appreciate that. Definitely follow the page. Also, we're available on YouTube. If you haven't given us a thumbs up there, please do so. Uh, also, share that video and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. And throw us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been like weeks since anybody reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. I don't know why. I ask every week. I won't ask next week if we get a bunch of reviews in. I will not ask if we get 10 reviews in next week. I won't ask. And I'll read I'll read my favorite reviews from next week. So if you've got something funny you want to say, if you've got something informative and I find it interesting, I'll read it on the air and I'll give you a shout out next week on the show. So throw us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Anywhere else you can think of to find podcasts, we're there. All right. Casey Husty says it's, the ben, it's, it's Brad Crawford, not Ben Crawford. Yeah, it's the Brad Crawford article. Brad Crawford, by the way, you can listen to him on Out of Bounds with John Neighbors. He's on there um, a, a good bit. He does a great job for us. He really does, and I know he's caught a lot of flack, but somebody had to be 14th, I guess, and there's a lot of quarterbacks that really hasn't played a whole lot. So, But Brad Crawford does a fantastic job uh, covering national college football for us at 24-7 Sports. Uh, let's see. Brian Malone says, you have seen Rocket in person. Is he as fast as they say? I would say he's fast. He's a big, fast dude. Now, I don't know – how good a tackle breaker he is, really. We saw him a little bit in the red-white game, obviously. But, you know, he did have an ankle injury there. You know, Ronnie Wingo is a guy that we were talking about, like, size-wise, who does he compare to? And Ronnie Wingo would probably be the one, a guy that's that size and, you know, that fast, all those kind of traits. Um, and Wingo was – you know, he helped Arkansas. He was a good running back. He wasn't, like, a great running back at Arkansas. I think he did maybe make an NFL roster later. But, um, 
as far as like tackling in the spring or in the fall uh, in fall camp, I have not seen anybody get tackled. We didn't see any of that. There's a lot of people upset about the 14th ranking for KJ. Randy Lane Modesti, Modesetti. It's a tough one. What's up with Burks? He's injured. I've heard plenty of things. I think he'll be ready for Texas. I don't. I don't. I don't think you're going to see him on Saturday. I really don't. Doug Gain. I'm having some trouble with some names on here. I'm excited to see this D line. We actually have a ton of rotation. Number one, swap, swap in there. It'd be real nice to see John Ridgeway in there, but we're not going to see him. But you know, with the defensive line, like think about it like this: like you had Isaiah Nichols, Eric Gregory, both started. Um, seven games, seven out of the ten games, and they were out for, I think, one game. But those guys started a lot of games for them last year, and they're second team now. They have other guys that have moved past them. I think that's very notable when you're talking about, like, how, how, how much better can the defensive line get? Well, yeah, you lost Jonathan Marshall, you lost Xavier Kelly, but uh, what, everybody else is back. Plus, you get Dorian Gerald back healthy now, and hopefully he stays healthy. I'm real – like, one thing – I mean, there's a lot of things you hope for, but, like, one thing that I really hope for this season is for Dorian Gerald just to make it through this season healthy and showcase what he can actually do on the field. Jason McFadden says, I'm ready for a damn game. KJ will have all these people eating crow. Number 14, ha-ha. Corey Michael Woodruff says, Trey Knox, question mark. Knox is in the too deep right now at wide receiver. Will Lennox says so. Connor Vanover seven six. I don't know if that. I don't know if that was an accurate tape measure or not. Will Lennox says was Traylon Burks or Ridgeway who had appendix removed. I mean that's what has gone around. And you know if Sam Pittman hasn't said the injury stuff, then I'm not going to say it. I will say that Tra- that Traylon Burks um, has not had his appendix removed at least. Not recently. If he did, it was not any time around now. He either did way before or he hasn't. Will Lennox says 42-17. Sam Kerr says 44-13. Scott Hathcote says Ridgeway. All right. Everybody's talking about the injuries. Justin, Justin Carter says, I think linebacker will anchor this defense. They got to stay healthy at linebacker, but if they do that, then I think they'll be good at linebacker. Will Lennox Echoes that. Scott Heathcote says, Morgan and Bumper pull of the goats. Scott Heathcote says, don't forget our deep and improved line with new transfers, the deepest and most athletic secondary we've had in a long time. Our defense is going to be stout. I do think that they have probably maybe the best secondary that they've had in, as you said, a long time, probably since guys like Ken Hamlin were back there, especially at the safety spots. Anthony Gay says, if the DL is solid, we'll definitely dominate the secondary. Will Lennox says, we will dominate the ball because the defense is going to be stingy and they won't be able to get first downs. Will Lennox is, pro- is projecting greatness on Saturday, by the way. Uh, let's see what else we got. What's the truth on KJ's weight? Is there an issue there? No, there's not an issue there. Like, I've said this before, but like, there are some people that, like, you know, in media, like especially radio, you know, radio people can't get to practices. They can't ask questions and stuff like that. Um, and I, I feel like that's mainly where you see a lot of people that are, you know, 
expressing a lot of concern over KJ's weight. He looks fine. He, he, I mean, look at him in practice. He looks great, <laughs> I mean, physically. He's 245. He's probably maybe a little closer to 240 right now. But people are making a big deal out of this, like he showed up out of shape and, you know, sloppy and didn't care and eating potato chips on the couch all summer. And that's not the case at all. I mean, it's been so blown out of proportion. You haven't seen anybody that's a regular person who covers media who's gotten on, you know, radio or written an article that says, wow, KJ's fat. KJ has just gotten fat and sloppy and he doesn't care. That narrative is just its ridiculous. And there's so many people out there, too, like, um, you know, with just such a strong opinion. Like, I feel like, for me, like, I have strong opinions on stuff, and I try to tell it how it is. I'm there at every press conference, sitting in the front row, looking eye to eye with Sam Pittman. I'm on every Zoom call, asking questions, teleconference, asking questions. I'm right there. And – I try to tell it like I see it. You know, I think it's easy for some people to, like, have a negative opinion when they never show up to anything. This K.J. Jefferson stuff's been blown really out of proportion. Now, is he going to be a good quarterback? I'm not sure. Is he fat? No, he's not fat. He's not out of shape. Will Lennox says, he's very active today. I, I think Rice's best weapon will be Luke McCaffrey, especially since he's like his brother Christian. I think that uh, he has a chance to be also. What is going on? All right. Ben Youngblood says, we did lay the hammer down on Eastern Illinois opening day of the Chad Morris era in 2018. That was 55-17, to 17, I think, and it took a while because Cole Kelly wasn't getting it done. They brought in – um, brought in Ty Story, and he hit that long pass, and then um, they pretty much blew him out of the water and then, then got beat against Colorado State. But, yeah, did lay the hammer down on Eastern Illinois. I don't know if I would say that was just like, uh, you know, just destroying them, but they beat them handily. To me, like what they did to um, Nichols 70-37 or something like that, that was just like obliterating a team. Well, Will Lennox said you should have seen me running through the house in Mississippi State last year. Uh, let's see. Tim Loggins says, no way Rice scores 20-plus on our defense. 41-7. to I'll take that, Tim. Does Pittman know what a boomerang is yet? You talking about the, the app boomerang? What is that? Is that like where – I don't know what boomerang is, actually. I was. Th I guess I was thinking of cameo. Maybe I don't know what a boomerang is. <laughs> Norman Hunt says, guess I'm watching on YouTube since I don't have cable. Just ESPN has got it going this year. I think if you don't have that, you could sign up for an ESPN uh, app. You have YouTube TV, Norman. You have YouTube TV. That's different than YouTube. To YouTube TV, then um, it works the same way where you can log into the app. Justin Carter says, think I'm going to order some pork fried rice tomorrow. Barrett Calhoun says, how can we watch the game? I, I've, I've gone over that. You can watch it on the ESPN app. There's no SEC Network Plus app. You don't need ESPN Plus. If you have cable, if you have YouTube TV, if you have Hulu TV, all of those things, 
sling, whatever, you can log on to the ESPN app and watch the football game there. I always just go to browse, and then I select football, and then all the games are right there. You don't need to subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. I guess maybe you do if you don't have cable or something. I'm not sure how that works. Sam Kerr says, my eyes, we were four and six, maybe in five and five last season. The SEC, we should have destroyed Rice to be real. I admire everyone trying to over, not to overlook them, but come on, man. Uh, you know, and they could have won – I mean, they lost three games by a combined seven points last year. Could have won all those. David Carr says, drink your beet juice, Biddy. I do drink beet juice. The beet juice stuff is real, and Sam Pittman should have these guys drinking beet juice, in my opinion. Fresh squeezed beet juice. That's the ticket. Two and a half hours before athletic performance. The science is real behind that. Like, they didn't think, like, you could get any more out of the oxygen that travels through your blood, but beet juice, apparently you can. Like, athletes repeatedly report having their best performance to date, ring the bell, after drinking beet juice. Try it. Try it before you go out for your run. Drink it two and a half hours before you go out for a run. See how you do. Casey Husky says, how much Malik Hornsby will see Saturday? I think it depends on Malik Hornsby. I think he'll get an opportunity. If he goes out there and plays well, then we'll see him again. If he stalls, then we might just see him for one series. Zachary Hall says, Trey, do you think K.J. Jefferson is ready for this job? I, I think so. I think is the key word there. Strictly ask for your opinion based on your observations. Just curious. He's got a good arm. His teammates like him. He knows the offense. The coaches feel good with him. He can run. He's got good size. He's not fat. That's about all we can measure. He looked good against Missouri last year. That's about it, man. We can't we can't get in KJ's head. We don't know what he's going to be like 100% throughout the whole season. We don't know if he's going to be consistent week week. We don't know if that Missouri game was the worst he'll ever play or the best he'll ever play. You just don't know with that position. Travis Ulmer says, I hope Rice scores first and we stomp the hell out of him. <laughs> Kesney Nichols says, how special teams looking? I don't know, other than they like the way that Cam Little has kicked the ball. They didn't really – weren't just elated with the second scrimmage, but the first scrimmage they were. Um, Reed Bowers won the punting job. I think, you know, Sam Loy was probably leading that job before he got hurt. And I would expect to see – Brooks at punt return, Raheem Sanders and uh, Ladarius Bishop on kickoff return. We'll see. I mean, I haven't seen them really run any live special team stuff. Jerry Sanders says retire five or honor it like LSU do. I think I don't think you retire jerseys. I think you um, you re- you retire jerseys if you don't retire numbers, kind of thing, like a ring of honor that kind of stuff. I don't think you. You do that with numbers, especially five is such a popular number. Travis Ulmer says, I think it would be good to have a first little scare and get it out of the way early. You want to scare? I don't. I don't think there's any point in, in risking it with Rice. Just need everyone to be healthy and ready for Texas. I think Rocket will have a big game. How do you think our CBS, our CBs will perform this year? Uh, well, I think Monteric Brown's going to have a good season, and I'm not sure about the other spot, to be honest. Travis Ulmer calls me the best. I appreciate that, Travis. Scott Heathcote says, is Cam Little comparable to Limpert or Hawker? I just don't know. We haven't really seen him. 
Adrian Jones says Boomerang is on Instagram. Mitdo Cunningham says, is game day coming to the Fayetteville for Texas game? <laughs> Probably not. Damian M. Phillips says, anything official on the dismissal of J.T. Towers from the team? I just saw the report. Um, we keep forgetting to ask Sam on that, but he hasn't been out there. M.P. Riss says, or a little comparable to Steve Little, that would be nice. Trey Biddy says, hogs by Fitty. Not quite. 41, what did I say, 41-21, I think. That's a cautiously optimistic score. Not cautiously optimistic, just a cautious score. That's a cautious score. It's not setting anybody up for getting too excited. Kesney Nichols says, so excited for football to start up again. I am too. My voice is starting to go. I can feel it drying out. I want to thank uh, Curtis Wilkerson and Keith Grayson for joining us. I really appreciate all of you guys joining for your questions. Starting to get a little tongue-tied, and I can feel it. We've gone an hour and three minutes. But, um, yeah, Arkansas, Rice, 19.5-point favorites for the Razorbacks. 1 o'clock Central Daylight Time on SEC Network Plus. That doesn't mean anything. Just go to ESPN app. Log in with your credentials if you haven't for your cable service. Don't sign up for ESPN Plus, and you'll be good. All right. That's it. Next time I'll see you, I'll be walking around, hopefully super positive, right? Walking around doing the walk and talk. Join me for that on Saturday, soon after the game. And, um, yeah, we'll do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com for your Arkansas versus Rice primer, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.